Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. That's on their Nothing But Net channel. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Dono, our guy Alex Dono, has the Dono Daily every single day at noon on all the South Florida sports. I'll be debuting my new show. The name of it has changed 12 times. I think we're calling it Starting Nine. That'll be every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. Look for that starting next week. Also, our streams got the extra yard on the Dolphins and all the others. So definitely subscribe to the channel. Also, go to fivereasonsports.com, spell it out, five reasons. Sports.com for the latest from Brady Hawk, Juan Cardona, and everybody else in our network. Unlike the newspapers, we do not have a paywall, although I, I won't mention paywalls again here uh, on the show. <laughs> also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You got to get your CBD. I just ordered some more because I cannot sleep without it. People know this by now. I like, you know, I like the, uh, the strawberry lemonade gummies. Others like the green apple gummies, the CBD sports cream. It's therapist preferred. Go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com, a CBD company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to maximize performance and recovery for active people. 100% THC free and third-party lab verified, so you don't have to worry about failing a drug test. Don't worry about that. All products made in the U.S. with cutting-edge technology from organically grown hemp. Use the promo code five reasons. That's the number five reasons for 25% off your order plus free shipping on all orders. That's right. 25% off basically takes 10 bucks off the gummies right off the top. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use that code five reasons. And now today's episode. Down Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got them all banned. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. My voice is still shot, so I apologize. So we brought in some extra help here. Uh, we have enough, as Eric Spolster likes to stay, likes to say. Uh, joined today by my usual co-host, Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Also brought in Marco Romo. His Twitter account long ago suspended, so he's using a new one. I'll let him give you all the details on that. He was out at Summer League for us, and he appears on some of our programming on the YouTube channel, including Full Court Press. And then we've got Blake Murphy from The Athletic, and he covers the Toronto Raptors. Again, I will not mention paywalls, uh, but you can read his work at The Athletic if you want to throw down a few bucks. It is the only thing I throw down a few bucks for these days. I will say that. I do not do that for the locals, and I think that Greg Sylvander does the Me same. Me too. Correct. Yes, exactly. All right. So Alex will be with us again next week, and we've got some more stuff planned for you. But today we're going to do another Kyle Lowry episode. I know that Greg and Alex 
uh, did a deep dive on him. But we want to get a Toronto perspective today. And of course, there's other issues with Toronto. There's the fact that it seems like, I don't know, Precious was uh, the targeted player for, we talked about that months ago for Masai Ujiri. Um, and also what exactly is going on with Goran Dragic uh, and how you know, our beloved dragon has become public enemy number one for an entire country, at least for the time being. But Blake, we appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on guys. Uh, no hard feelings about the paywall thing. Uh, to, to just even the playing field here, uh, I am weirdly in Canada, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Okay. I don't know if you guys um, at five are I, like, I don't know if are the Jaguars relevant enough for Miami Dolphins fans to dislike them. Or is it the Don Draper thing of we don't think about you at all? Uh, I don't know. But just in case I, I'm throwing I'm going to get uh, some heat back on myself here to start. Well, as I mean, a lifelong Dolphin thing, fan. Right? As a lifelong Dolphin fan, I'll just say that the one memory that will always sting is that Dan Marino went out in a real bad way at Jacksonville. 62 to 7, but that's how you got Jay Fiedler because Jay came in and threw a touchdown in relief uh, and Jay ended up being the Dolphins quarterback for the next three years uh, under Dave Wanstatt. But Blake, we appreciate you joining us. Um, no, we don't talk a lot about the Jaguars here. I think now that the Tebow experiment is over, we probably won't again, although there are a lot of Gator fans in our audience, so... Uh, probably uh, some Urban Meyer fans for for the year that he's going to last in the pros before he goes back to college. <laughs> um, all right, so Blake, let's get to it. Give me the single biggest thing that Kyle Lowry is going to provide for the Heat this season. He makes everything easier for everyone around him. Now that can you know that can go a lot of ways. You could pick a lot of things that Lowry's going to bring. You know, championship experience, the the pick and roll passing, the the ability to space the floor on the ball as a pull-up shooter or off the ball around the other guys. Um, but the biggest thing that you notice in Lowry's game when you watch him for 82 or, or however many he plays, and especially come playoff time, uh, he makes everything easier for those around him. I, I've used this ridiculously long and colorful chart for years about Lowry and how every Raptor who he's come in contact with, if he plays enough minutes with, that guy sees a bump in true shooting percentage. That guy sees a bump in on-off net rating effect. Um, you know, you've seen Kyle Lowry shift his role around DeMar DeRozan's growth, around Kawhi Leonard acquisition, around the emergence of Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. And, you know, you look ahead to what Kyle Lowry can do to help Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, to what he can do to, you know, make sending two at Duncan Robinson a little more difficult to proposition, um, to run second units. The Raptors used him a ton over the years as kind of, we, we refer to it as Lowry and bench. It was just like a well-known thing that, that's what the Raptors were going to do when their rotation was at nine or 10. Um, so through all of those things, the, the kind of narrative through line is that whether it's the ball dominant star beside him, the bench center who can't create his own shot, um, you know, the wing scorer who, who needs to be fed right in the shooting pocket, whatever it is, Lowry is elite, elite, elite at helping his teammates be the best possible versions of themselves. That is just beautiful music, all of it. Um, Blake, thanks you, thanks for joining us, Greg Sylvander here. Um, I'm, I'm, ex I think I might be the most excited on five on the floor for the Kyle Lowry edition. Um, and just for all the things you mentioned, and we we've talked a lot about like all the attention that that he gets in comparison to some of the other guys that Miami has had. Um, and just how he can make everybody better. But I'm interested to go in a different direction actually, and ask you a question related to. Um, I know that Toronto's kind of in a, um, let's call it a retooling. We won't say a rebuild because I don't feel like um, Masai is, is about to about to rebuild. Yeah, right? they won't bottom out. 
But exactly. So, th so they're going in a different direction, but I'm interested as someone who's watched Kyle over the years and knew what Kyle was doing last season. Do you expect, or what do you, um, how could you articulate what regression would look like as it relates, relates to Kyle Lowry and like, are you concerned or was there a consensus concern in the Toronto fan base, Toronto media organization that there is going to be a stark decline in the coming years? So this is my favorite Kyle Lowry thing is um, every year you think that this has to be the year, right? Like he's in, he's now 35. And when he was like early thirties, you look and it's like, okay, well, he didn't play a ton of minutes early in his career. Maybe he can delay it. And then it's like, oh, well, he got himself in better shape. So maybe he can delay it. And it just, it kind of hasn't come, you know, the championship season was his lowest season in terms of, of scoring, but it was also like a career high as a playmaker. He just became a pure point guard instead of kind of that scoring combo guard that, that he turned into um, the efficiency wise, the drop hasn't come yet. He shot 40% on threes last year, averaged 17, five and seven. Um, fittingly enough, the lasting memory of him in Toronto, his last game as a Raptor, he stole one from the Lakers with 37 points and 11 assists. Um, and he did that shooting 12 of 20, eight of 13 on threes. Um, you know, the, like the last we saw of Lowry, and that was just after his 35th birthday, he was still really, really good. And, you know, I've had this kind of annual player development series that, I, that I've done the last few years, and it's used, um, it's not public now with Jacob Goldstein, he's gone to Washington, to the Washington Wizards, but I use player impact plus minus um, trends as kind of the baseline to evaluate guys against. And Lowry just like kept breaking what I was trying to do where it's like, Oh yeah. The only other guys even remotely aging like this as point guards are Chris Paul and maybe John Stockton to a certain point. And, and like the fact that Lowry's doing it while, you know, they list him at six feet. I don't even know if he's six feet. Um, you know, when you, when you narrow the search field even further like that, it gets even harder to find guys who have aged like that. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of past the point where you expect the regression and now it's, it's almost a wait and see. And if you're a Miami Heat fan, you probably love the fact that Lowry got shut down early and has had an extended offseason heading into this year, only played 46 games last year. Um, still average heavy minutes, but like, he's, he's fresh. He hasn't played. He had a real NBA off season where everyone else won't. So um, I'm not expecting too big a dip yet. You might see the numbers dip because they don't need him to score 17 a game, but in terms of how he drives winning and especially the, the playmaking, like I have in my head, like, and I'm sure Eric Spolster is just over the moon of like, like three man stuff you can do with Jimmy Bam and Kyle or Bam, Kyle and Duncan. And, and there's a lot of fun stuff there where I don't think the heat, the heat aren't structured where they need Lowry to be 20 and 10. So, um, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to bet on Kyle Lowry uh, dipping too far. Like maybe, sorry, this is becoming a really long answer, but um, you know, maybe the finishing at the rim and the ability to score out of the drive is Greg likes is the, the area. answer, Blake, Blake. It's okay. Greg likes the answer. It's yeah. Um, you know, maybe that, that ability to, to carve to the rim on the drive, is where you worry uh, a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been up and down in that regard last year. He actually had a tremendous finishing season last year, um, but he didn't get to the rim very much at all. So he really, he's kind of a pick your spots guy getting to the rim now. So that might be the one area where, you know, okay, you can't really rely on Lowry as much to just get his own bucket um, the way maybe you could the last couple of years. Uh, Blake. Uh, shout out to Blake for joining us again. Uh, he's a homie for a long time. 
Uh, and Ethan, by the way, the at is at Marco Robo underscore uh, for you to plug there. Uh, yes. Thank yesterday you we were talking. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday on uh, Full Court Press, we were having this argument uh, about just how much Kyle was going to help the Heat. Uh, and I came up with the question, actually. Uh, is he going to be more impactful to Duncan Robinson's like development or Bam Adebayo's? Because you were talking about earlier how he helps different guys in so many ways. Uh, I was just wondering, is he going to be bigger for Bam or for Duncan? Or is it, does it really matter? Does Miami really need him to be that much of a, I guess, mentor to these guys? But yeah, I was wondering which guy is going to benefit more. Yeah, um, you know, force the pick, I'd probably say Bam. You know, Bam doesn't really uh, need the help coming off whatever he put up. 20, 10, and five, or, or whatever it was this year. Um, but I think talk that to Heat fans, I think that's disappointing, by the way. Yeah. Which is insane. But like, first of all, if Bam's right, playing the role man with, with Lowry, Lowry is like a top tier pocket passer and lob passer, hasn't had a lob threat to pass to in Toronto in a, in a little while. So he'll probably be very excited to have a center who can jump. Um, yep. that, that'll be nice for him. Um, but more, more where I see it then, because again, Bam doesn't necessarily need the help creating his baskets. It's, it's more what you can do with Bam's kind of um, ball handling and perimeter ability with a guy like Lowry running DHO with him, where Lowry's a, a super dynamic guy who can flare up for the three, has a lot of experience um, you know, playing the, the second screener in Spain pick and roll, for example, and then flaring out for three. Lowry is, if there's a guard in the league who screens better than Lowry, I don't know who it is. Um, so when you look at Bam's emerging playmaking game and, hey, maybe it's not just DHO, maybe Bam can handle in the pick and roll. And the Raptors had a ton of success over the last two years with Siakam Lowry pick and rolls where Lowry's the screener and then flares out or, um, you know, and I think all of that stuff probably impacts Duncan too, because, you know, it's an extra shooter on the floor where the heat haven't had a lot of um, spacing. So maybe you hesitate to go to Duncan or, you know, you could run some three man side of the floor stuff with, with Bam, Duncan and Kyle, where, you know, Kyle's screening for Duncan and then Duncan's going into something with, um, with Bam. And it's kind of similar to the Redick MB dynamic from Philadelphia a couple years ago. So um, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. Uh, I think he helps Jimmy too, just like taking some of the load off and like, you know, you look at Jimmy, Bam, Kyle and Spolstra and the kind of like exponential brain waves that can come from yeah. all those guys together. It's like, I, I think they're all going to make things easier for each other. And, you know, this is some of this stuff that I'm talking about is, you know, Lowry put that together over nine years with some rotation stability. I don't know if it's going to be there day one, but I do think, you know, come playoff time, or come second half of the season or whatever, all these guys are going to rave about, you know, how, how easy Kyle makes life for them. All right. I want to go back a little bit here um, because I remember when Kyle Lowry was considered to be a bit of an attitude problem uh, in, in previous stops. I mean, he didn't really find a home. I mean, it was Memphis. It was Houston uh, played with Dragic in Houston for parts of a couple of seasons. Something clicked in Toronto Um what was it? Because I, I feel like he became the type of player that the Heat value over time, the toughness, the dedication to the game, the championship type pedigree. I mean, I remember the, the obvious, I covered the the 15, I mean, the 16 series, uh, you know, where he couldn't make a shot. And, and I, I was frankly impressed. I remember being at the Raptors facility with his accountability. He took a 12, he did a 12 minute press conference, basically in his own head, sort of explaining his struggles with shooting and everything, which surprised me because a lot of guys don't do that. 
when did he mature? I mean, was it as soon as he got to Toronto or was it after? No, it definitely wasn't as soon. And that series is hilarious because like, yeah, he came in with that terrible shooting indie series and was just like, like pretty bad in the first two games of that series. And then he goes 33, 36, 35 over three of the last four games or something like that. Um, his game seven performance in that series is like a legendary Lowry performance uh, in Toronto. Um, but no, so Lowry got here in 2012. Um, the franchise was kind of in flux at that point. Um, Brian Colangelo was on his way out after giving up a first round pick for Lowry. Um, it was, you know, in, uh, installment number like 20 in the Raptors trying to replace Jose Calderon as their starting point guard. And, and everyone they brought in lost the battle, but Kyle finally won it. Um, so it took some time. So, so 2013, Dwayne Casey and Masai Ujiri, or Dwayne Casey was already there rather, but Masai Ujiri comes in. There's kind of this clarity that, Hey, the culture is going to shift. But within that, they tried to trade Kyle Lowry in 2013, 14. They unloaded Bargnani. They unloaded Rudy Gay. There was, it's been heavily reported that there was a deal to send Kyle Lowry to the New York Knicks. And Kyle has said himself, his bags were packed and the Knicks got cold feet at the finish line. So I think what happened here is a couple of things. I think Kyle Lowry was on his third home and almost on his fourth in the first couple mm-hmm. years of his career. And I think that can be certainly frustrating that, that there's not the same investment in you and there's no stability. And, you know, how am I supposed to grow if I'm changing locations all the time? But also I think that can be at least a little bit humbling um, because no one thinks you're the guy. Um, what also happened that year is that's the year the Raptors won on this incredibly unlikely run the Rudy Gay trade had the opposite effect of what they expected and suddenly they're really good suddenly they unleash we the north suddenly the Raptors are in game seven of a one possession series against the Brooklyn Nets and now it's a cool place to play basketball and the fans are behind it and Kyle Lowry who had bounced around and not found a role or home is suddenly like the starting point guard and the co-face of this on the rise team and what happened that offseason is something that's been, you know, Masai Ujiri and, and Kyle Lowry have spoke openly about since. Kyle Lowry is a free agent in 2014. And Masai sat him down and they kind of discussed this stuff. Um, up to that point in his career, you know, Kyle had bounced around a lot. He had butted heads with some coaches. Um, you're never going to iron all of that out with Lowry because it's part of what makes him who he is. He he thinks he's the smartest person in the room because he is the smartest person in the room. Um, and he's, he can be a little hard headed, but it's hard headedness with an eye toward winning, not toward getting his. Um, and so Kyle and Masai talked that out. And at that point, you know, Kyle, Lowry signed a three year, $36 million deal, which I think actually it was four forty eight before the option. Um, you know, I think maybe he was a little underwhelmed by the market and bought in from there. And there were bumps, between then and when Lowry really became Lowry, but um, Masai Ujiri and Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan, who's Kyle Lowry's best friend, they all kind of empowered Lowry to, hey, we got your back and you're a part of this and we want you here long-term. And then Lowry kind of, you know, we've seen his kids grow up here. His his son just turned 10 the other day. His son was a baby when he got here. Um, So I I think you see him grow up as, as kind of a man too, to where, you know, this past year, Lowry's sitting out the second half of the season and is no joke, like on the coaching staff, basically. Like I, I talked to Malachi Flynn at summer league and he's like, he was joking. He's like, um, Kyle talked to me so much. I wish he would shut up uh, during games and stuff like that. So um, that's where kind of Lowry's at now. And I think, yeah, it's that combination of you get humbled a little bit bouncing around like that. And then someone finally invests in you long-term and then it works. 
and it validates the work you've put in and it validates that, you know, you can be the best version of yourself um, and, you know, adjust to those around you and still be that version of yourself. So I think it was a lot of, you know, personal and mental side growth for, for Lowry over the years. And now if you go to basketball reference, he's at like 85% to make the hall of fame, which is, I, I don't think anybody, anything, anybody would have anticipated uh, in Memphis or in Houston. We got Blake Murphy. We're going to talk more when we come back uh, about some of the other people involved in the deal. Precious. Uh- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Achua, of course, and also Goran Dragic and, and where that is. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I haven't talked about this one in a while, but you got to go out and order it manscape.com get the per- perfect package i'll say that four times fast perfect package 3.0 for all your below the waist grooming needs it sounds even better when i have a cold get 20 percent off in free shipping just use the code 5rsn that's 5rsn at manscape.com you can also get the cologne since spent save quite a bit of money with that 20 percent off it's the same signature scent that's in all the Manscaped formulas. The cologne's a perfect complement to the collection. So make sure you check it out. Manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN. Blake, I have to say this. I'm, I'm legally obligated. Your balls in your body will thank you. <laughs> and with that, precious talk. Marco, go. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was a hell of an ad read. Uh, but Blake, we saw uh, Precious, uh, you and I, at Summer League uh, this past, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It uh, feels actually just a week ago. When you're in Vegas, time moves a little differently. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Messiah came out recently talking about, or there was a story that came out about Messiah saying, we got you. Or he was like the main target uh, that we've been reporting here is that he was the guy that Messiah was looking after to get, mm-hmm. not Tyler Hero and not uh, these other names that were thrown around. Uh, but Precious, what do you think? I'm going to add, it's a two-parter. One is, what did you see in Precious this past summer uh, that, made you go okay maybe he could be something and the second part is why do you think Masai would go after him so hard yeah I like that uh all my answers so far have been way too long and then you give me a two-parter so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it tighter but yeah um, give good answers though Blake give yourself some credit uh, um yeah the Raptors liked Precious in the draft they they only had the number 29 pick and they ended up going Malachi Flynn Precious was obviously off the board at that point I think you know, for Masai, this is this is not how he's going to dictate his roster building. But as a tiebreaker, it's a hell of a thing for Masai to see a kid in the NBA who's come through Masai's Giants of Africa program. And that means like Masai Ujiri's ability to impact the continent of Africa through basketball is a really important thing to him and, and something that the Raptors have embraced as well as kind of the, the global team in the NBA and obviously having some some pretty prominent African superstars over the years, um, like a Pascal Siakam, um, even OG Ananobi, and uh, who has, you know, Nigerian roots, and now Precious, um, who's from Nigeria as well. So I think that's part of it. I think also you look and you see 
you know, look at how else they've built the roster and what they chose to do in the draft. And a six, eight guy with positional switchability and some ability to handle the ball and, and at least push off of, you know, turnovers and defensive rebounds, if not in the half court, you know, this is what they're looking for. Now. I think, I think for them, uh, Precious probably has to be more of a, not that they really operate with traditional positions, but I think he's more of a center in Toronto's system. Um, he obviously, you know, he's only 6'8", but he has tremendous functional length, um, good rim protection instincts, and that switchability they like. So, um, you know, it's more offensively, what can you get out of him? Is that rip and run ability that, that he showed with Nigeria this summer, you know, is that something that they can build into his game and kind of let his game grow that way with that kind of freedom. Um, so I think there's a lot of interest there. I don't think, you know, you guys would know better than me, but my read on precious last year was that, you know, he's not where he could be certainly. And he's only 21. Um, you know, he's probably a backup center at this point, but I think the size and, you know, that growing little bit of ball skill uh, is interesting. And if he can start to finish around the rim, uh, he's probably <laughs> going to get a lot of chances there. I, I don't, I don't know about, uh, you know, those shooting percentages last year inside a, a center shooting 64% at the rim is not, not my favorite stat, but, uh, you know, I'm sure that's something they, they think they can work with on. And Hey, he hit a pick and pop three at summer league too. So there you go. It's a, it's a new precious. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Boucher and precious minutes off the bench this, yeah. uh, this coming season. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think, you know, assuming Ken Birch starts your, your second unit is, for sure, Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher, um, and Precious, and then whichever two of Drogic, Gary Trent, and Scotty Barnes don't end up starting. And that might look a little different early on because Pascal Siakam is going to miss the start of the year. Um, so I think Scotty Barnes like has a pretty clear path to starting out of the gate. But he could be, you know, it, Raptors fans love talking about the, the bench mob year 2017-2018 where it was the first time, like, almost ever that a full five-man bench unit at large sample was really, really good. Um, and, you know, you can see Scotty Barnes in kind of the Pascal Siakam role from that year, or, you know, the Malachi Flingor and Drogic combo as the Fred Van Vliet, uh, uh, DeLon Wright combo. Um, I don't think they're going to like super commit to five-man bench units. I, I don't, it's worked like once ever. I don't think you should try to find that again. Um, but I do think that Precious is a big part of what should be a pretty fun and, uh, you know, a pretty fun second unit for them. And, you know, it, it's, they invested in Ken Birch, but if Precious ends up looking better in the starting lineup, I don't think they'll, they'll hesitate to, to close with them either. You know, you mentioned a couple times, I'm glad you mentioned his name. Um, uh, and that's Goran Dragic. I'm going to take us in a different direction because you've spoke so fondly of Kyle Lowry, um, you know, for the listeners who can't see us, even when you talk about him, like straight up, your face lights up, like, like, and that happens with everybody in Toronto that I've ever uh, associated with when they talk about Kyle Lowry. And we've had kind of a similar experience with Goran Dragic in Miami. And um, I don't think there's a single person around the organization or the team fans that would speak negatively about Goran's tenure in Miami. And I know things have gotten a little weird with how it started in Toronto. And um, we've heard murmurs just down here. And obviously we're not as plugged into what Toronto is doing specifically, but that he could still get routed to Dallas and that there's ways that stuff can happen. So TBD, right. Um, 
where does that stand? Where does the organization stand with Goran Dragic? Do you think that he's actually going to remain there? Because um, as much as we love that Kyle is here, we want someone to take care of our dragons. So that's where we're, we're, we're that's where the questions stem from. Yeah. So, you know, publicly, at least the Raptors have said, we're fine with Dragic coming in here. And I don't think, look, I, I'll be very surprised if Goran Dragic is a Raptor come March. But I won't be super surprised if he's a Raptor in October when the season starts and they say, hey, look, half a year, you know, right now without Dragic, Chris Boucher is the oldest player on this team. Like there's there's room for some veteran leadership. There's room to, you know, establish that, hey, Dragic can still help a team and like the Raptors aren't going to be out of the playoff mix entirely. So so Dragic could get some eyes on him as you know, either the starting two guard or, or kind of the co-backup point guard helping Flynn in those second units. I, I think, you know, it's not their their plan A was not to keep Drogic, but as a plan B, a couple months of him being able to mentor, um, you know, some of the younger pieces that they have because they are suddenly a very young team. Um, I don't think that's, that's the worst thing in the world. And, and Drogic is, last we saw him, is still pretty effective. He's still a pretty good player. I don't know if I'm playing him 27 minutes a game at this stage, um, but, you know, he can knock down the three. He's tough as hell. Uh, you know, whether he's your your lead guard or, or more of kind of a, a secondary initiator, like, like there's a lot of, there's a reason Miami Heat fans like him so much because he's still pretty good. And that's the same reason Dallas Mavericks fans want him. So, um, you know, I don't think the rumblings about the Raptors potentially buying him out don't make a ton of sense to me because you don't get any right. real cap relief. And why wouldn't you wait till the trade deadline and see if someone ponies up? I, I think... There is a Drogic for Dwight Powell framework somewhere. Um, the Dallas would have to kick in more to make the salaries work, but um, whatever that extra piece is, I, I think that's such an obvious framework for Dallas that it'll get done at the deadline, if not before then. Um, I've heard some people suggest that like it's just held up because Moses Brown can be aggregated as of October 1st. I don't know that Moses Brown is holding up a, a trade. I like Moses Brown, but... Uh, I don't know about to, to that, to that. I, I, I can say Blake, we, we, we've heard similar rumblings that that, yeah. that may be the issue here. Yeah. So, you know, their, their roster looks a little weird. If that's the framework, like suddenly they go from having no centers to they'll have Birch Powell, Moses Brown and precious. Um, but you figure it out. Uh, you, you, I mean, Moses Brown's cool. That's a, that's a walking double, double. If he plays enough minutes, um, and, and another, you know, another young piece for them to, to see what sticks with. So, uh, I could see that getting done eventually, but I think, I think it's been overstated the degree to which the Raptors feel they have to move Dragic right away. I don't think it would be the end of the world for them to be like, he's our, you know, he's our third guard and we'll trade him at the deadline. I don't think they'd, they'd fret about that. The, the weird part of this is that Goran was one of the more lovable characters we ever had here in Miami um, is basically persona non grata in Phoenix and, and in Toronto, uh, oddly, you know, because sometimes I think it's just a language issue. Honestly, I, you know, it's, it's sort of the way that, that things get translated and, and, you know, I don't think he ever thought that that interview in Slovenia was going to make it back to the States, which perhaps is a little bit naive on his part. He knows the deal, but uh, it, it is it is a little strange. All right, we're going to finish up here with Blake in a second. Before we do, I had a chance to talk to one of our sponsors, our guy TJ Spawn over at CPT Florida. This is where you got to get your IT. We'll be right back to kind of finish up with some rapid fire with Blake Murphy. All right, before we get back to our episode, we're starting a new feature here on Five on the Floor where we're introducing you 
to the sponsors of the five reasons sports network, particularly the local sponsors who happen to be South Florida sports fans. We appreciate their support and we hope that you support them because that helps keep us going today. We're going to talk to TJ spawn. He runs CPT of South Florida. They've been a sponsor with us of late TJ. You've been in this market quite a while. Uh, yeah, too long. Actually, <laughs> we've been doing uh, business down here in South Florida since, uh, the late eighties. The late eighties, wow, since the heat started. So around, around 1988, you've got about the same, uh, the same term. Um, that's pretty much the same amount of time since the dolphins last won a playoff game. So that's actually, <laughs> it's been a little bit more successful for some organizations, uh, than others. How can you help people in our audience? We've got a lot of small business owners. I, I, they reach out to me all the time. Uh, they need help. How can you help them out? And so uh, what we do here at, at CPT for local South Florida businesses is we provide uh, small, small and medium businesses with uh, IT support, uh, voice services. So any of your phone services, there's your IT support for your, for your small businesses. Um, as you know, today, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on cybersecurity with all the stuff going on. Uh, we help we help small businesses with uh, those types. So so any businesses down here, uh, you know, we focus kind of in the sub 100 user space. But uh, anybody from Dade Broward or Palm Beach County, we have local uh, technicians that can come to your office. We provide uh, on-site services and remote services for for those type of needs. And you have a promotion also, right? Yes, we do. Absolutely. So, um, so anybody listening to the, uh, to the pod today, and if they're looking for any type of uh, voice over IP services, we're offering up to uh, 25% off of the monthly charges, as well as they have some uh, free devices that we can, we can supply you with. Uh, so those, those offers are on the table. And uh, I'd also like to give everybody listening, if they'd like a, uh, an, an onsite um, uh, evaluation consultation with uh, me and my company. We'd be happy to visit with you on site uh, or do a, uh, do a zoom meeting with you and kind of go over what you're currently using and what we might be able to help you with. And everybody can check this out on the website. It's CPT Florida.com. That's CPT Florida.com. And what's the phone number TJ? Uh, you could reach us at 954-966-2766. All right. So that's 954-966-2766. Two seven six six or cpt florida.com. TJ, thanks for the time. Thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. I got Marco Romo, use the little underscore thingy on his Twitter handle. Got Greg Sylvander. We got Blake Murphy ODC. That's the Twitter handle for him. He works for the athletic. All right, we got one question each for you here. We're going to rapid fire, so we're going to force you to do the same. Uh, I, I will go, go to this, this on you. Um, Kyle Lowry. If he wins a championship in Miami, how will people in Toronto feel? They'll be happy for him. It's uh, people aren't going to want to cheer for the heat, but Kyle Lowry's got enough. Uh, you know, he's got enough. He's put enough sweat equity in here that short of the Boston Celtics Raptors fans are going to root for Lowry anywhere. Greg, I love that you just said sweat equity. That is a Spolstra ism, a Spoism as we Look, call them. Kyle's so been there a couple weeks. I'm already other... in on heat culture. That's what's up. The culture is is everywhere. We love it. Um, I, I am interested to hear about. Uh, I thought um, Masai Ujiri's comments related to tampering at the press conference, and you tweeted that out, and I kind of that's how I followed along, truthfully. Um, and he talked about like it's it's interesting or curious that deals get done at six oh two, um, when it felt like this 
the the framework of this whole Toronto Miami thing probably came together closer to the deadline back in February, right? So maybe that's the out there. But what was your takeaway from how he approached the question? I know he kind of alluded the question ultimately, but what what's just what's your thought on the overall aspect of tampering and Toronto and Miami and how that deal came together? Yeah, I think look, you're never gonna stop players from tampering. And this was a full on like this was a Jimmy Butler full court press for at least a year. And you can't you can't legislate that out of the game. I think, you know, Masai's joke about 602 is how everyone feels when the the kind of gun goes off at, at the start of free agency. But also like he kind of went the other way in that in that uh same presser when he told Precious, like finally, like like they they had very yeah. clearly openly been talking about I didn't make getting precious at some point. point. So this is like you said, it was probably a case where at the deadline they couldn't work it out, and everyone walked away knowing like, look, this is roughly what we're talking about next summer. Um, we'll unofficially, uh, you know, put a pin in it for now. Mark, right, so this is uh, this is a fun thought exercise we had yesterday on a show is. Do you think next year's Kyle Lowry, the version we're going to see of him, is going to be better than the version, the bubble version of Goran Dragic that we saw when Miami made the finals? Ooh, that's a. I'm going to go with yes because I think, you know, the last we saw of Kyle Lowry was still at that level of player. Um, I don't know if that's going to offend Heat fans because obviously. Uh, no, that does not offend us. We're super excited. And I watched that Laker game as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I'm trying to refresh myself on just how good uh, Dragic looked in those playoffs. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember him being uh, obviously they went to the finals. Of course, he was a key piece. Um, and I think he was like, what, their second second leading scorer that that playoff run or something. So, um, you know, I don't know if Lowry has 20 a game left in him, but in terms of the more general all around. I think he's better defensively at this stage than Dragic is or Dragic was through that run. I think he's got the, he brings the same kind of toughness and then is probably a more natural um, point guard uh, just in terms of the the way that the Heat could use that, that role with Dragic versus Lowry. All right. Don't worry about offending. We kind of came to the same conclusion as you did. Good. Uh, the most difficult and probably uh, question, but also the most important question. What number do you think Kyle Lowry will wear in Miami? Because I don't think it's going to be seven. Ha, huh, that is tough. Um, give me one second. You don't think he'll wear seven? Like you think they'll nudge him to not wear seven because of uh, Dragic? I think that one's going in the rafters. Like you're, like Lowry's going up in the rafters up there. So he has worn one and three before as well wear one or three here <laughs> really jeez can't yeah, wear anything there, there. there what are a you couple the of new members of the big, big yeah um so i don't have their birth dates in front of me um i would imagine kyle picks a number for his sons carter and cameron then whether it's you know their birthdays or something that connects them or something like that um i that's that's where i guess he'll go so are, are uh, either of them six years old take six that one's that one's not going to be retired anytime soon I don't, uh, unless, one of them turned 10 this week so but although it'd be a little that one's gone for, too and it's demar's number i don't know if kyle could do that so are, do the heat have more numbers retired than like any other team in in basketball what's going on here they, they've got they've got a budge you can't take 40 either, all the that's still being used yeah unbelievable so i don't know maybe he goes 77 that's not really a basketball number, but 
Um, it, it, the one draw with 77 actually would be, it would be really annoying for referees and Kyle do anything to annoy referees. So that, that might be perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I guess heat fans are going to have to get used to the flopping. It's no longer flopping. It's, it's, it's legitimate contact. That's, Look, that's how we're, we got used to it with Jimmy. The degree to which he has outpaced everyone in terms of not just charges drawn, but offensive fouls drawn over the last couple of years is amazing. It's, and like, you guys are going to learn pretty quickly that as fun as that is, they're all extremely cringy because he hops out of nowhere and takes a seven footer in the chest and you think he's going to get hurt on every single one. So, um, yeah. those we've give had Kelly Olenek for the past couple of years. So I think we're used to it by now. Yeah. That's a Kelly bird here in Miami. Uh, thanks Blake. We appreciate it. Follow me at Blake Murphy, ODC. Yes, you can pay the subscription rate there for the athletic. It's the one thing that's worth it. Follow our guy, Marco Romo with a little underscore after it, Greg Sylvander and our sponsors, of course, CPT, uh, Florida, make sure you check them out for your it. And of course, uh, therapistpreferred.com, use the code five reasons, manscaped.com, use the code five RSN. We got a lot of codes. We got a lot of sponsors. We appreciate that. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.